Hey, Brock, how are you? Doing well, John. How are you? I was a little disappointed you didn't come back with an Irish accent. Yeah, I don't think I was there for quite long enough, although it was kind of funny. There were, there were like, I, I kept seeing all these guys there. I was like, wow, we look the same. Like, you're like my uh-huh. size. <laughs> Bone structure, <laughs> yeah. height, everything. Yeah, yeah. They were, kind of they were probably McGoffs, for all you know. Yeah, I mean, like my, like my, my name, like I fit right in there, you know, so it was, it's the motherland. Yes, it is. So you were over there for a wedding. Uh, it was a full week? Yeah, a week exactly for a wedding. Um, did a little bit of sightseeing, but really mostly it was just wedding stuff. Yeah, took a cold swim. Took a cold swim in the, um, at Sandy Cove, in the, uh, the 40 foot, they call it, which they told us it was, it was like an Irish tradition on wedding day. I don't think it was. Um, it was really, really cold. And, uh, but then there were like a bunch of like middle-aged Irish ladies swimming around. So Irish people are hardcore. Yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> yeah. It's in our bones. Yep. yep. Yeah, I'm 50 because I have the Shanahan side, but then my mom's side, they came over as the Ohenans. They dropped the O because of racism against Irish people hmm. at that era. And so like, I'm 75 Irish and 25 Swiss. Interesting. Yeah. How'd that Swiss get super, in there? Super white. <laughs> my grandmother on my dad's side, hmm. which is why I feel so right when I was going to Zurich. I was like, this feels, this feels right. Felt more right when I went to Ireland, though. Yeah, yeah, it was it was weird. Like I I had never been to uh, I've, I've been to London a couple times just going through there, but I'd never been to that really spent any time in that part of the world. And yeah, it did it it felt oddly familiar, but also strange. Like Dublin was just it's just different than the U.S. in like really weird ways. Like like they don't they don't eat very much over there. They just drink Guinness. <laughs> That's all they do is just just drink at the pub. But like there's you go into a pub and like there's just no menu or like it's 8 p.m. like the kitchen's closed and like no one cares they just they just like subsist off like Guinness and cigarettes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everything shuts down except for the pubs around like around like six or seven. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you enjoyed your time over on the the motherland. Yeah, it was great. It was great. I'd love to go back and just go to like the west coast and see some of the the sites and just spend some time out in the country and you know get out of the city a little bit, but um. But yeah, it was very cool. You look good for the wedding too. Indochino came through. Yeah, they did. You know, it's funny. We just we were just recording an episode with Greg Smith from Chalkmark Style and um, talking about the, the options, how many options there are these days. But when it comes to suiting up a bunch of people for a, a groom's party um, who live in different cities and want to get measured in person, there really is only a couple of options. And Indochino is, is the most obvious one. So we we ended up going with Indochino, and everybody looked good. You know, like. No, no, they didn't, you know, they didn't like nail it a hundred percent for everybody, but everybody looked pretty good after some basic alterations. My suit was like very, very good. So got to give a uh, credit where credit's due to Indochino. Yeah. I think it's definitely like wedding planning season because I've gotten more than usual DMS asking about like wedding, either like budget friendly wedding suits or like, what should I do for these groomsmen? And actually a very exclusive sneak peek for the button up podcast listeners is a company that I used to be subscribed at dress shirts for hall Madden. They have this like bespoke high end suiting option, but the guys are starting a more entry level thing and they're kind of combining, um, like take the best stuff of suit supply and the best of articles of style. So they're going to do entry level suits around $500 but you order based on your height and weight, and then they send you three fitting garments in the mail. You try them on, send the pictures, and then you send those back, and then they send you the final suit 
like made based on those measurements and it's all like Italian wools and uh, made in Italy, but it hits that $500 like suit supply price point. Mm-hmm. And then you also say like, I want a gray suit. They'll send you some swatches as part of the try on and then you can pick from there. And so they're like in the process of launching it and I'm trying it out now. That was the picture I put up yesterday. It's just like, I have like all these suits right here right now, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm pretty impressed so far. Like if they come through and it's a, it's a nice suit for $500, the fitting process is the like what I really liked about Articles of Style, but also Articles of Style like I just have a basting garment sitting in my basement. Like it feels wasteful, and I can't get rid of that yeah. in a way. So it is nice that you're like you're sending it back, and it's going to be reused for somebody else. Yeah, and so it could be a good int- could be a good option for most guys. Yeah, I like it. I, I love the the fact that they're trying to improve on that process because I feel like Articles of Style, and I guess Chalkmark Style too, is um is kind of as far as people have pushed it in terms of like bridging the gap between online self-measured custom and true in-person old school bespoke. So, you know, if if they can improve that process, I mean, articles of style, like you had a great experience with them. um, And it seems like they have a lot of happy customers, but if they can even just tweak that and get it 5% closer, that's, that'd be awesome. Yeah. And it's not nearly the prices of articles of style. It's like, you're not really getting into something from them for less than, Twelve to fourteen hundred dollars, because they use very nice fabrics. It's like that wool and silk that I have from them is is still my favorite suit. Yeah, yeah. It's I, so I was just like cleaning out my closet. I'm doing like just like a wardrobe like refresh, and I have all of these made to measure suits, and all of them have something wrong. You know, like like they're not uh-huh. perfect. Like there's like a collar gap, or like just like the the sleeve pitch is wrong, and and it's it sucks because I don't want to. I, you can't really sell them because they're custom. I don't really want to just give them to Goodwill, but I have to do something. So, I, so I'm giving them to, you know, like a career gear or, or something like that. But I'm basically getting rid of like like 80% of my suits and just keeping like my best fitting blue and best fitting gray. That was a conversation I just had with Justin Jeffers. I was out in San Francisco and like he has two huge wardrobes of suits. And he's like, yeah, when I was doing the blog, I was getting a bunch of suits and he also has all these, like, he has a couple, like, vintage Ralph Lauren and, like, some, like, nice stuff. And he's like, yeah, in San Francisco, you don't wear it. And it's, like, for him, too, he's, like, it's, like, sad that they're all sitting there. He also has a ton of dress shirts. I just had a uh, forced purge in my closet because of all this lifting. Like, I have some of the shirts that used to be my best-fitting shirts. I can't button in the chest anymore. That's awesome. And <laughs> I had my brother come over, and I was like, try this on. It fits him like a glove. Like, he's built the way that I was what five years ago when I was buying those shirts. Mm-hmm. So he made out like a bandit with a like probably 25 dress shirts and then six or seven pairs of Bonobos pants because my thighs can't fit in them anymore. Wow. And like my butt has gotten bigger. And so I have to size up in most of my pants now. So I've had a forced purge. Luckily, I'm not going to have a problem replacing a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that is the good thing. So how, how, much have, how much weight have you gained? 24 pounds since, uh, since we were in L.A. Wow. That's crazy. So I basically started working out right when we got back from LA. And uh, yeah, 20, 24 pounds. So I'm, I'm at 190. I'm, I'm usually around 194. And when I was out in LA, it was like, you know, 170 was, was pretty much my average. Nice. And, and, has, and have you seen equal growth in upper and lower body? No. I feel like it's mostly leg. Because mm. you already, had, so you already gotta... had kind of like big legs for your build. Like not like you didn't have like skinny legs. Right. So I'm trying to like get a little bit more i'm trying to bring it up a little bit yeah man i have the exact i definitely feel it in my back and chest Mm, yeah oh yeah i know you 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 grow a lot in the top but not as much on the bottom yeah yeah i I need the bigger legs although 
I, I'm also feeling in the, in, in the hips. Like that's probably the, the thing that I've noticed most about my pants and shorts yes. is like tight around the hips, but not tighter around the waist. So then you get that like waist gap, you know? Mm-hmm. Man, just got to go all custom. That's the problem. I know. I, well, that's what, you know, when we were talking to Greg, like I, I want custom to move more in, more in the casual direction. Like I want custom mm-hmm. t-shirts and polos, custom chinos. Like that's what people are wearing these days. You know, not, not so you only need two suits for most guys. And maybe like a really nice casual sport coat, like an unstructured, like Navy, you know, blazer sport coat. Um, but yeah, to get custom casual wear would be, would be awesome. I've ordered two custom polos from Lignetti and both of them came with like weird, like the, the shoulders were kind of jacked up. Hmm. And so I am trying a custom, a couple of custom companies out. Maybe I'll try Hockerty again because they have some like $39 polos. Hmm. But a lot of these companies do offer them now. Like Black Lapel has uh, casual wear and uh, I think I can't remember who I was just looking at. Luxair, Taylor Store. Like a lot of them have like chinos and that sort of stuff. But or like Woody's. I'm wearing Woody's pants right now. These are some of the only stuff that'll fit my waist and my thighs. Mm-hmm. My my favorite, my beloved bonobo stuff isn't really might not fly anymore. Sucks. <laughs> have, have you tried um, Son of a Taylor t-shirts? I keep getting ads for them, and I feel like I need to order some. Yeah, I always get every time I talk about t-shirts, I get people saying try Son of a Taylor. Which I I tried them when they first launched, and it it was like it didn't work out at all. Like the, I tried twice, I think, and both were very had like weird problems um but maybe they, they've, they've probably improved a lot since then so they might be worth another shot well it seems like your asket stuff worked out too when you did your second go around with them yeah the asket uh for the second go around the their short sizes were actually like almost too short which was you know that's good because if you're if you're like five three or five four or shorter like they'll probably fit you. it's probably one of the only options that'll fit you perfectly besides like peter manning um but yeah, their, their stuff is good. I I wish they had for their tops now like different cuts too. So like slim fit short or kind of like a uh, mm-hmm. hue and cry, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what Son of a Taylor is probably trying to solve. I don't think I have. I don't have any custom T-shirts. That is a good idea to try them out. Yeah. I usually can get by with a small. If I wear a small, that usually gives me good shoulder, good sleeve, good uh, torso length. Mm-hmm. Like this is outlier. This is one of the outlier wool shirts. Ooh, I love I love those wool outlier shirts. People hate on outlier on Reddit because it's expensive, but it's like there's a reason it's expensive. Yeah, yeah. There, I I have one of their like it's like a runweight wool t-shirt. I don't know if that's the one you're wearing, like the lightweight. No, I think this is the midweight. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, I've had it for I so I I, I hemmed it because it was too long, but then uh, I, I've had it for years now. And like I, yeah. I, I can bring it on a trip, and it's I work out in it like every other day over like the course of like a week or ten days. Never wash it, and it's just fine. <laughs> wool shirts last forever. I have a Mack Weldon shirt. They don't make them anymore, but I have one from I can't. I think I bought it three years ago, and it's like this red, very lightweight. It's probably a very similar weight to the one you have, and it's definitely one of my favorite shirts. Like I just packed my bag for the hospital because we're about a month out from the baby, and I put that shirt in there. It's like got that in there, and I got some wool socks like. That's my my hospital gear. I don't know that'll make a great video. What to pack? I guess it maybe it would. What to pack in a go bag for the hospital for dads? Oh, that'd be a great. I mean, that's like super niche, but <laughs> that'd be a great video. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> won't get a lot of views, but the people will appreciate it that watch it. Yeah. So what what was uh want to tell us about your your journeys, your recent journeys to the West Coast? Oh yeah. Well, I wanted to do San Francisco and L.A., but stuff fell through in L.A., so I just did San Francisco. I 
covered the entire city by electric moped over three days. I did like the app said I did what twenty five miles in three days on the electric moped yeah. and for like a New York sized city. That's that's some good distance. Yeah. There to do the electric moped, you have to do a twenty minute orientation in the app mm-hmm. of like rules and like get the helmets and all that stuff. And the one thing in the in the orientation says don't go on the highways. And there was a point where I was riding and I was like I was following Google Maps and I was like wait a minute. My next, like, if I go across the street, I'm going to be on the highway. Mm-hmm. And so I was, like, looking around panicking, and I ended up on the 101 cool. on an electric moped. Like, it was – I lived to tell the tale, but it was <laughs> it was pretty dicey. Yeah. Uh, I had great restaurant recommendations from people. I, it was a lot like my New York trip where it was, like, I was somewhere for breakfast, somewhere for lunch, somewhere for dinner, meeting with different people. Um, the meetup we did in partnership with Stitch Fix, so they – brought everybody out and actually everybody who showed up to the meetup got a hundred dollar stick to gift card wow which was very generous of them yeah. and then uh covered the tab and so we had uh, carlos roberto came out and justin jeffers and kyle lingham uh, and i don't i just don't know that many guys in san francisco but it's kind of like this it's like you kind of think you know everybody until you realize there's somebody else that has a hundred thousand followers that's you know in this space mm-hmm. uh so yeah that was my last trip before the baby now i'm home for the summer and uh I would love. I'm hoping stuff goes comes together for the fall in LA because it's always you know it's a good time when you can get out there. So right now my first trip post baby is going to be New York the last week of August. We're doing a meetup with uh, Christian from Theo and Harris and Anna, and so that's going to be right now. We're looking at August 29th if all if all goes well. Nice, very yeah. cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll be in LA August, I think second week of August, um, for uh, uh, just with Becca, and uh, and then what else? Probably New York in, I'll say late August or, or early September. Uh, mm-hmm. And should be there on the 29th. Maybe, maybe I'll try. I'll try to be there on the 29th. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. At this point, we're having a lot of uh, contractions, so the baby might be early. Well, I don't know. What what were have they been early in the past? No, my son was two weeks late. My daughter was uh, about a week late, but the third one, they always say it's like, just get in the hospital as soon as you can. So, mm. Wow, two weeks late. We'll yeah. He was due on my birthday, which is the 26th, and he wasn't here till the 10th. So he took his sweet, sweet time. Nice. <laughs> we liked our, we like our, our children fully baked. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> and big. I mean, he was 9 pounds, 10 ounces. He was big boy. Wow. And now he's tall like me. He's built exactly like me. Hmm, interesting. So you, you guys are just pros at this point. Like, is it just like not a big deal? Like, yeah, I'll just go to the hospital. Like, got the go bag ready. Yeah, pop him out, bring him home. We like this past weekend. We spent the whole weekend pulling down infant clothes from the attic and uh, packing the bag. And like, basically, we're ready now. When my son was coming, we had everything done. Like, the nursery was done, and the clothes were organized. When my daughter came, like, we barely had the crib set up, and we were like, ah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, just put them anywhere. But with this one, we had to move them into bunk beds. We did that, like, months ago to get them used to it. And now they're really excited. They're like, oh, you know, we're so excited for the baby. And, like, they say goodnight to the baby every night, and they, like, kiss her belly. And that they know that that's the new baby's room, and that now it's their room. So mm-hmm. they are as prepared as they can be, but I don't think they have any idea what they're in for. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. And actually, the la- the very last step is we got a new car seat that comes in today in the mail. So mm. put that in the car, ready to roll. Nice. The nice thing about the third one is like we have everything. 
We have every pair of clothes we can need. We have the car seats, the strollers. Like people say that kids are expensive. One kid is expensive. Two is like marginal cost. The th- and then from there, you just keep throwing them. Just keep throwing them back at the car. Yeah. Nice. Well, because it seems like that stuff changes. Like, you know, every year there's like a better stroller, like a better car seat or something. But Yeah, and there are rules about that. Like you, you shouldn't use a car seat for more than 10 years is like the max. Hmm. But you also shouldn't buy them used because they do change so much, which is why like we had one car seat that was for both of them. But we just got a new one because ours is like they recall that stuff all the time. And so hmm. that's why you also have to do it quickly. You can't have like five kids in 15 years because yeah. then you will end up buying a bunch of stuff repeatedly yeah, yeah yeah basically here's all the reason of justifying having so many kids so quickly yeah that <laughs> uh, makes sense if you're gonna do it just just knock it out <laughs> yeah and that's what we've always my wife has always said like she wants to be done having kids at 30 and so it's like we got we're we're, we're good nice cool yeah, yeah I, ne- I never understood why people like because you know you can just go nuts with the with the baby clothes and the toddler clothes but it's like they're going to outgrow them in like, in like a week, you know, like just get them used or just, you know, hand-me-downs or like do, do what you got to do. But it seems crazy to buy a bunch of new clothes for every kid. Yes, I agree, which is why like we've been – as we put the clothes away, we're always like paring down what isn't good anymore and that sort of stuff. Right. But then that's also why like we'll go to Hannah Anderson now, which is like is, – which is a nicer – clothing brand because those clothes last really well over washes mm-hmm. it's like if this is going to be on the backs of three or four kids just buy the nicer stuff now so i've, I've taken my entire philosophy around menswear and just applied it to the to the kids too nice <laughs> like all the pajamas that my son wore i shouldn't say all of them so i would say half of it a lot of stuff that was either like given to us or we bought at target mm-hmm. like that stuff's all gone and the only stuff that we still have left is the stuff we bought at han anderson or like Janie and Jack, some of the higher end brands mm. and all that stuff is just as good as it was then. Or like, um, Andy Dunn's sister has a brand, Monica and Andy for baby clothes, mm. which is like this luxurious, like all organic cotton blah, 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 very nice. And that stuff lasts really well through, through pregnancies too. So a bunch of tiny cavaliers running around the house. <laughs> yes. My son wears a lot of untuck it. Because Untucket <laughs> makes like really nice boy stuff. Really? Like their like their t shirts. They have these polos, like these PK polos are really nice. Yeah, he wears a lot of Untucket. And he's shorts. He has he's a bunch of shorts from them too. Wow, cool. <laughs> yeah. So that's all the action happening now. So basically the next couple of weeks is like the only thing I really need to do right now is finish the series of Alan Emmons videos that I shot that I'm I'm really good at procrastinating. Mm-hmm. And it was like I sent you a screenshot, I booked all these podcast guests the day I was supposed to work on it because I was like procrastinating it so i'll eventually get those done and then i also signed a multi-video deal with a luxury watch uh not a they're not a brand they're really interesting so we got time we're still we're only at like 19 minutes here (laughs) uh so what they do and i'll I'll probably gonna explain this one of the videos is so like if you go to your local ad for a rolex or for you know omega or whatever brand those ADs are not contractually allowed to sell their watches online. They can't list their inventory online. They can't – they just can't do it. Mm-hmm. So they go to Joma Shop and they sell it for cheap and that's how the gray market created. Mm-hmm. This company is Trovery. They are a authorized dealer for um, for all the Swatch brands, so Omega, Breguet. Um, they have Tag Heuer, Nobos, like luxury brands, basically – the nice ones except for Rolex. Right. I, I, I'm familiar with them. Yeah, because I noticed that was the one they didn't have. Yeah. yeah. And they and they 
are partnered with ADs. So like in Pittsburgh, Orr's Jewelers is like the big AD around here, and they drop ship from their inventory. So you shop Troverie, they are the e-commerce interface, but they are allowed to sell these watches, and then they ship from the local ADs. So it's a way to buy luxury watches online with like authorized from an authorized dealer with full factory warranties, customer service and all that stuff, but you're still like supporting the ADs in a way. And so it's like a it's like an interesting hack almost to the contracts. But yeah, they don't the only one they don't have right now is Rolex cuz Rolex is Rolex. Yeah. So so what what are you are you going to be doing reviews? Yeah, so like there's it's it's my first opportunity that I'll get to have my hands on some of these like nice watches I've always wanted to do. So I'm going to do like a review. Um, I'm trying to figure out what comparison I want to do. Like I want to do whether it's like a Speedmaster and a Daytona or, you know, uh, I, I kind of want to do like a Nomos and whether it's a Rolex or something else is like talking about this really cool entry-level luxury brand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's kind of stuff like that. All the watch content that I've wanted to do but haven't had the either access, the time, that sort of stuff with them. And so mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited about that. That's awesome. Yeah, I've I've been wanting to, you know, actually I think I think they emailed me. And I've been in touch with like Crown and Caliber and Bob's Watches and and these brands. I've and I want to establish some relationships where I can do you know reviews on loan and stuff. But the problem I have is there's so many great review channels out there, and guys that know way more about watches than I do and are probably more passionate. And so I'm like, what can I do with these watches? Because yeah, it'd, it'd be awesome to get get my hands on them um, and kind of talk about them from like a non technical perspective you know like here's how i would wear this watch um Mm -hmm. but i I gotta figure out some sort of series idea and then also like what's the relationship with you and the brand like is it are you an affiliate are they sponsoring these videos so just gotta figure out those details yeah actually they wanted i wanted to do something on breitling but then breitling can only brightening will not allow marketing of their stuff without like full approval and so even though they're like there's all these approvals for them to sell it they were and they basically they went to the brand the brand said uh, they only do ambassadors. They don't do influencers or bloggers. And it was like, hmm. okay, whatever you want. I gotta say, out of all the like luxury brands, like that is one brand that ha- has never done it for me. And I, w- I went to their yeah. boutique um, a couple times ago when I was in New York and tried a bunch of stuff. And you know, the guy there was trying to sell me on the size. I'm like, dude, these watches are just so oversized. And I, and I get why they are. They have a lot of information on the dial, most of them, but they're just way too big for like the vast majority of guys. <laughs> Yeah, and a lot of them they are extremely technical, like the aviation watches. I like some of the vin- like. There's a vintage Navi timer, which is like a 38 millimeter, like before they went too big, and it's a little bit cleaner than some of like the really busy dials. But yeah, it's definitely like a very specific tool watch for a certain type of person. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I always and I'll notice them too. Like I've noticed a couple of them because you can you can notice the B logo. It's like it's kind of like a Bentley. It's like you're like right. I see the wings, I see the B. Um, and it's always like, you know, it's usually somebody that looks like they're from the military. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, a, like a Ryan Masters has a Breitling and it's perfect for him. That That's like the perfect, uh, yeah. you know, like match between brand and guy. But <laughs> I did see, dude, I almost, I keep thinking I'm done. I'm done with watch collecting, but <laughs> I almost sent you this one and luckily it sold really fast. So I couldn't buy it, but it was a, um, it was a, an old quartz Grand Seiko champagne dial, 33 millimeters on, um, on Reddit Watch Exchange, and it was like four hundred mm-hmm. bucks or something. So like you know, not not bad. But I, I was mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, that's like thirty three millimeters and like Grand Seiko, but it's a quartz. So it's you know, it's cool if you don't wear it very often. But uh, mm-hmm. no, I didn't do it. 
Oh, my my vintage uh, Omega stopped ticking. Ooh. I can hear it winding, like it'll wind, and the movement will, the bumper movement will go, mm. but the second hand won't move. So I emailed Christian about a service on that one. Mm. Yeah. Grand Seiko. You've been, you have a love of Grand Seiko. I, I love them. You're going to end up with a Grand Seiko. Definitely, definitely. They have, they have some smaller ones too, so yeah. <laughs> it's either going to be a Grand Seiko or an Explorer. Oh, man. That... You'd go for the Grand Seiko first because you want variation. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. I, I'd probably, I'd have to get, I'd have to part with one of the Rolexes if I was going to do the 36 Explorer, <laughs> you know. <laughs> what a problem young Brock never thought he'd have. I know, I know, man. <laughs> but it is funny, like, you know, you, you go through phases where, like, like I took my, I took the date just on this trip and I wore it the whole time. So I was like, well, it's not the most casual watch, but I'm going to be in a wedding and, like, I want, a, like, a dressy watch to wear the suit. And it was really nice, like, having that in Ireland. And then I got home and took it off and I like I put on I put on the um the OP date and I was like oh man like I've missed this you know <laughs> like it just uh-huh. feels good to wear it after you know not having it on for a while yeah. isn't it interesting though like when I think of my Ireland trip I think of my Seamaster so much because I was the first I, I bought it like the two weeks before we left mm-hmm. and like every picture I'm wearing it and like I just I so associate that watch with that trip in a big way and like there's I've worn it for tons of other things since then yep. but like when I think of that trip I think like I can remember how excited I was to like wear that watch. And I mean, if I was going to a not great place, like I didn't take any nice watches to Marrakesh just because of very different like context. Right. But uh, yeah, the way you associate, it's kind of like scent. It's like you associate scent with certain things. It's like, you know, the watch has all these memories built into it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you bring like one watch and like one fragrance with you on a trip, both of those will, will always be in, in your mind kind of cemented with that trip, you know? Yeah, Absolutely. We have some really cool guests booked. I think we say that all the time, but like this is the first time we've we have a lot of good stuff coming up. So we also have to to record a lot before the baby because I'm probably gonna take a nice paternity leave. I'll probably go quiet on my channel for like at least a month. I'm thinking. Nice. Yeah, you should, man. That's like a big yeah. perk of being self-employed. Is you can do that. Yeah. You know? I never really did it. Like when my son was born, I think I stayed home for like ten days. My daughter was born not long either and so this might be the first one that i like like just relax for a while and my wife will need it i'll have to be full-time dad for a while to let her recover nice i'm into that do you have like a, a runway of videos done i did actually when i left for san francisco i had two full weeks done and like edited and now i've i'm pretty much i'll finish that up this week i have five alan emmons videos that i should be finishing up here soon um and then I'll probably just go quiet. I've been wanting to take a break for a while. Like my plan was to take a break in January to like read work on my calendar and everything. Mm-hmm. And then it, and then I was like, all right, I take a break in February. And like I just never have gotten there. So this might be the time that I finally force myself to just slow it down. Yeah, yeah, you should, man. I, th- I think that'll be good, good for you and and the channel. Yeah, I did record an eighty k Q and A already, so I'm waiting to cross that and I can post that. Nice. Yeah, brought the wife back before the baby. Nice, very cool. Yeah. All right, well, great to catch up. That's our June episode. We'll catch up maybe right before the baby and uh, safe travels to L.A. in August. And then we got some other cool stuff coming up. Sounds good. Exciting times. Yes, sir. All right, man, talk to you later. 
Thank you for listening to the Buttoned Up Podcast, a collaboration between John Shanahan of The Cavalier and Brock McGough of Modest Man, and we'll see you next week.